0: Hello everyone, this is Travis J. Vernon and welcome to today's podcast. So today we're going to continue the conversation with JJ. We talk a lot about duck and goose hunting, fly fishing, clients on the river, technology, some of the changes that we've seen in the guiding industry, and some of the pranks and fun stories we've had together. So hopefully you can enjoy this episode. So there I am. So, that that reminded me of some funny stories of hunting with you, though. (laughs) Do you remember the time? So, it was the first first morning, the first setup that we had snow goose hunting on top of a little hill. And there's a bunch of different people out there.
1: I do remember. And
0: we're all laying under those giant goose chair blinds.
1: Oh, oh, oh. This is a different day than I'm thinking about. Okay.
0: And the first flock comes in and it gets to about 55 yards. And JJ's like take them and we all kind of pop our chairs up and everybody's looking up in the sky like wow they're kind of high and then one person goes boom and then the birds all just fly away at this point jason stands up and starts picking up decoys and picking up his stuff i'm like what are you doing he goes well if you guys aren't going to listen to me we're not going to stand out here and and just shoot into the sky for no reason we may as well just go home if I say shoot, you shoot. You unload your gun every time.
1: <laughs> There's a difference between ducks, Canada geese, and snow geese. Ducks and Canada geese is a finesse game. We're going to get them in nice and tight, get them with a 410, a 28 gauge, whatever. Snow geese are overpopulated. It's the smartest bird on the planet. And at certain times, you can get them in point blank, but at certain times, that's the shot you're going to get. And when I say go, I mean go. Throw up a wall of steel. I do not want to hear boom, boom, boom. I got four shooters. I want to hear, boom, boom, you know, one volley, one wall of steel, one sound, you know, and fire it all up there. But yeah, I remember that. I also remember then the next day. Very good friend and outfitter who I worked for at the time, Dave Beam, said, hey, we found a new pond west of town. Go out there and set it up and you guys can hunt there tomorrow. This guy's name, I forget his name, and and Heath, one of the other guides, got permission and we got permission to go there. Go set up a blind and you guys could test it out and hunt there. Okay, so we did that. And we hunt there one evening, and then we came back, I think, the next morning or next afternoon, and we're out there hunting, minding our own business. And I got some good getting my butt chewed by farmer stories, and this is one (laughs) of them right here, because here comes this truck rolling right up to the blind, and the farmer who owns the land hops out and says to us, who the heck are you, and what are you doing on my land, and get your stuff, and, and I said to him, but... We were told we had permission to hunt here and the farmer said, I gave one guy permission to hunt here and I come out here and I got a plethora of blinds out here on my property. Now a plethora, as far as I know and Travis knows, means more than one. Yeah, it means many. It, it means many. <laughs> and we only had one blind. So after this whole experience when we got our butts chewed, and obviously we took down the blind, picked up the decoys, and got the heck out of there, but we often wondered about the plethora of blinds <laughs> since we didn't see any others, but There was a plethora of everything. But blinds There was a plethora of decoys. There was
0: of <laughs> guns, of shooters, of everything but blinds.
1: But blinds. Blinds was the only but thing. But did we he had not say of. I come out here and there's a plethora of blinds out here? And
0: the minute he said plethora, all of us started looking at each other with a smile
1: on our face. Yes. <laughs> and all I could think about was three amigos. Yep. <laughs> yes, El Guapo, I would say you have a plethora of pinatas. <laughs> would you say i have a plethora oh my gosh yeah that was great so we got our butts chewed on that one but we did shoot some snow geese before we yeah. got kicked yeah before we there. got kicked off the mm-hmm. farm
0: we weren't supposed to be on apparently.
1: the farm that we didn't clearly have per- which i don't recommend <laughs> i do want everybody to have talk to your <laughs> farmer have permission before you go hunt we were misinformed
0: oh man he st- he gave me crap to the day he died about crawling through that field that day Trying to jump shoot that flock of snows <laughs> I wish I'd have never told well, him it, gonna it was I gotta tell me. this story
1: Because Because <laughs> here's Dave as a, We're in North Dakota Guiding snow goose hunters And Travis comes to visit And I was busy with clients And so Travis said Well I'm gonna go out and do some hunting on my own <laughs> <laughs> And I get this phone call from Dave Saying You ought to see what I'm watching right now. And Dave smoked a lot of cigarettes, so his voice was very gruff. I'm sitting here watching your dumbass friend from Utah (laughs) mud up to his knees, hiking down this tree road to shoot some snow geese. (laughs) And if you've been into North Dakota in the spring during snow goose season, you can't walk in those fields. The mud is literally almost knee deep. Okay, but when you're young and you're still strong and you're young and Travis was at the time and you feel invincible, you tend to take on those projects. Now did you get any geese? I shot one. Okay. But it was an
0: it was a lot of work for one geese. <laughs> and Dave was like, You should have just sat in the in the ditch. You could have just ditch pigged some. Yeah. I'm like I don't know what that means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, cuz you lived in Grand Forks for a little while. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. in Grand
0: Forks. So yeah. it was kind of fun cuz we would get all the scouting reports back and forth back and forth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had some good shoots up there. Oh yeah, that North Dakota spring snow oh. goose hunting. I haven't been up there for a while, but back in those days it was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. Know? Who knows what happens now. I don't know. Oh, uh, I, I got friends who hunt up there. I think they still do do pretty well. Maybe you know, North Dakota. You, you have to be a resident to get a guide to be an outfitter there, so that keeps a lot of a lot of other you know traffic out of there. I think. Well, like South Dakota's got a lot of outfitters, but I think North Dakota not as many.
0: That reminds me of a story. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember when I? Told you that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know where you're going with this story. I do remember now.
0: So Jason calls me one day, super balled up, all upset. He's like, "Trav, I don't know what to do. The game and fish in North Dakota is telling me that I'm not a resident, but I am a resident because that's where I live. That's where I have my house. That's where I have my driver's license. That's where I have my P.O. box. But they want me to prove that I'm there for six months a year. Well, I'm not in any state for six months.
1: I didn't live anywhere for six months a year at that point in my life.
0: So he's like, "What do I do?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. You just you're just gonna have to either pay the non-resident guide fee, and which was a lot more money, and you had to take a different test. It was not even the no, same. No, at test.
1: the time they didn't even let you guide there unless you were a resident.
0: Oh, that's brutal."
1: So now you guys will understand
0: this even more when I tell you what mean and cruel thing I did to Jay the following day. So my little brother at the time was a cop. Who's a cop? (laughs) I want to say he was a cop. So I have him call Jason and leave him a message on his voicemail that says he's calling from the North
1: Dakota Game and Fish And they've reviewed his... Again, his brother's a cop. (laughs) He knows how to sound like a cop and like an official person like that. And says,
0: we've would we reviewed your file and we've determined that you are a non-resident and you're going to need to come retake your guide exam and pay the difference in the fines. And we will have to reevaluate, but you have to do it in
1: Bismarck, North Dakota. Which, at the time, I was in Park City, Utah. So... Guiding fly fisherman. So he, my
0: brother leaves my cell phone number as the callback number. So I'm thinking, okay, J.D. is just going to make this phone call. He's going to call me up and realize it's my phone number right away. And it's going to be funny. Ha, ha, ha. Well, a couple hours goes by, like four hours goes by. And I called Jared. I'm like, hey, did you call Jason? He goes, yeah, I left a message. I haven't heard anything yet. I'm like, yeah, I haven't either. Well, maybe I'll call him. So I called Jason on his cell phone, and he is living. Trav, you're not going to believe what I'm doing right now. I have to go all the way back out to Bismarck, North Dakota. I'm like, whoa, dude, where are you? He goes, I'm on my way to Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jason, I'm going to need you to pull over, man. You're going to. I got to tell you something, and you are not going to be happy right now. Oh man, you were so mad at me For like two weeks I was
1: pretty mad, that wasn't very cool at all And <laughs> I mean, I am a guy who takes action When they say you gotta come up here And handle this I just hopped to the car And I was going to get it handled
0: About about two weeks went by And he calls me up And he's still all grumpy And he's like, okay, so I've told a bunch of people And everybody laughs So apparently it's pretty funny, Trav But I'm still not real happy about it, okay? <laughs>
1: Depends who you are. <laughs> oh, that was that was probably the meanest prank I've ever played. That was a pretty mean prank. That was uh, that was a pretty mean
0: mean prank. Well, in the time that we pulled up to your house and Dave was there, that was a pretty good one too. And my brother turns on his lights and sirens. Yes, and all of a sudden you see
1: Dave's car keys go flying out the window <laughs> into
0: the alfalfa field. Apparently, he'd been drinking.
1: Apparently. And when the cop pulled up behind him, yeah, he freaked out a little bit.
0: And we were just messing around.
1: <laughs> but it took it took him a long time to find his car keys. Well, it was kind of fun knowing a police officer for a little bit there. That was kind yeah, of. Yeah, that well, was cool. And
0: then, now not so much.
1: No, not so much. But at the time, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I used to play
0: way too many pranks on people. Do you remember yeah. that time you lost your car? Or your client locked your vehicle up at Thousand Peaks. You and I were the only two people up there guiding. And your client got out and had his wallet in the vehicle or something. So, it hits the auto lock and shuts the door. But you had the keys in the ignition. Oh. Because I remember you walking up That's the
1: happened river. more than once. But I, <laughs>
0: I didn't remember that one. Because you came walking up the river. And I was like a mile and a half away from where you were. And you're like, Trav. I need your vehicle and I'm going to take one of your rods and some of your flies because I got to go give them to my client and I got to drive out to get cell reception so I can call Jack to get the spare keys. Because every place we go is in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. Because if if I hear somebody's phone ring on the river, oh, that's just so annoying. That is annoying. It, it takes away from why we're how do you feel
1: about this is something that i don't know if you deal with in your neck of the woods but i deal with on the river now with boats floating by is people blaring music oh i can't stand it i don't like it either i just kind of feel like the rivers are peaceful i want to hear the birds i want to hear you know if I, hear a, I can hear a rise, I can hear gloop and, yeah. you know, and all that, and I just don't. But also, everybody, you know, has a right to do whatever, but it's been kind of a weird thing lately when, and you can hear them coming from up around the corner, and the music's blaring, and it and it and you may let them pass, but you still hear it for a while, you know, and it's yeah. just kind of on the river, a weird thing, but like I say, everybody's, they can do whatever they want. It's a free country. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I have one client,
0: I won't say his name, because he's a super nice guy, and he has great kids, and I've taught his daughters and his sons how to fly fish, but he's one of those guys that has to have those walkie-talkie radios, I can't stand him, I just can't stand those things on the river, and I'll be fishing with like his son, and all of a sudden, would you ask Travis what fly to use, It's like, uh, it's not the fly, and then his kid will be like... Dad, Travis said it's not the fly. i like, <laughs> oh! you, you can't, You can't repeat what I say. <laughs> but that gets to be so annoying. Just all the electronics anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them out there. But uh, I don't know if they have a place in the fishing world or not. And it's interesting in my hunting world how, well, like even back in those days of hunting snow geese in North Dakota in two, back in 2000 or whatever... We looked at a map in 1998 when the spring conservation of snow goose opened. And Dave Beam said, well, South Dakota's open for snow goose hunting now. And we're in Nebraska and the birds are going north. Do you think we should go up to South Dakota and chase after them? And I said, well, heck yeah. Well, where do you think they go? Well, I don't know. Let's get out a map. Here's where we are now. We know that they're going up here north. Let's look into North Dakota and see where's the water and where will they go. And, okay, JJ, you drive up there and drive around for a week and find the snow geese. Get permission from a farmer. Find us a hotel we could stay in and call me and we'll bring all the customers and the guides up there. And that's how we did it. Yep. Okay. JJ would go to South Dakota and North Dakota and drive around and find the birds. Now what they do is go, hey, where do you think the snow geese are? Hey Google, where are the snow geese? <laughs> and a whole snow goose migration map comes up and they tell you exactly where they are. And they got some that are satellite banded that they're yep. like, well, this one's in Louisiana and this one's right here. And you can find out everything right on the internet. You can go to a stream and go, Hey Google, I'm on this river. What fly should I use? And you know, and it'll come up where, you know, so some of the I wanna say for everybody, but to me, I feel like some of the research, the fun, the scouting and the research and the, you had to spend time out there to know, and I don't mean just time out there, but time out there, mm-hmm. you know, observing and sitting around and watching things to figure it out. And I'm not saying people still don't do that, but I'm saying that it's pretty easy a lot of times now to go to the internet and... Mm-hmm find that stuff out yeah
0: well there's a there was a spot that I would fish all the time that it literally had a 12 inch seam and if you got your indicator and your flies into that 12 inch seam you'd hook up almost every time but if you were just a little bit off you wouldn't catch fish and I'd watch people go past that pool day after day after day then we'd step in and just pillage it and it took me a long time to figure that hole out, but I'd see fish in there. I knew they were there. I knew I just had to get it figured out. People don't do that anymore. You know, they don't put the time in. They don't hike into the mountains and find that little secluded nugget. That I mean, I don't think there's really secret, secret spots anymore, but there's spots that only three or four people maybe know about, and right. those people don't say anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get geotagged. It's not all over Instagram, which I like Instagram. I like all the photos. I like all the fish porn. Yeah. It's cool, but it has its, it's pros just and a cons. Different, it's
1: a different time. Yep. It's just a different time. There's different ways to do it now, and the younger generation's grown up with doing that, and they don't necessarily know any different. You know, That's true. And uh, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It is what it is. <laughs> Definitely. So what's your favorite
0: thing to do? Or are you more like me where it's seasonality?
1: My favorite thing to do at this present time in my life is to play golf. Nice. as my favorite thing. If I get a day off, now you also have to understand that I fish every day. Now, people go, oh, but you're not holding the rod. Oh, but I'm rowing the boat, which means I <laughs> rowed you to the spot where I think the fish are. I also tied on your flies. Probably told you where to cast. I might have even said, mend it, mend it. Okay, get ready. Now set the hook. Okay, so I am doing some fishing. So to me, I'm, a, I'm out fishing every day. So when I get a day off or I get a break, unless my wife wants to go fishing or my son wants to go fishing or my dad wants to go fishing, I will gladly sacrifice the day off and take any of those people fishing. But if it's my time, I'm going to go play golf because I fish a lot uh the hunting business for me is wonderful and I still love to hunt but I run four to five guides four or five groups of hunters every day it's a big job day and night I'm up at three o'clock in the morning and I don't go to sleep until midnight day after day all winter long and so When I get a day off from hunting, I might not want to go hunting either because same thing. I'm hunting, you know, every day. So golf for me right now is where I get the most, uh, my thoughts are cleared and the most relaxation. And so I focus on that and don't think about anything else. And so for me right now, at this point in my life, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, the last two weeks I had off, everybody's like, oh, you're going to go fish. You're going to go do this. You're going to go do I I stayed at my house and I worked in the yard and I built a greenhouse mm-hmm. and I didn't think about anything and I listened to a book mm-hmm. and it was outstanding.
1: A PGA tour player, golfer, which as i uh, talked, I love golf and so I watch these guys. When they get days off, they don't go play golf; they go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're and open. so everybody has got something that I'm interested. In. It's interesting how many people are like. You know, you going fishing when you get off work tonight, JJ? Like, I've been a guide for 30 years. How much fishing you think I've done? I've, I've caught enough trout for now, you yep. know? So, I, like I said, I love taking my wife and my son and my dad and my family members. That brings me a lot of enjoyment, and it's fun for me. But for me to actually hold the rod, I, it's a lot, it's harder for me to hit a high draw into, you know, a Green where I got to land it soft.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'll go out and fish now and I'll catch
0: two fish. and I'll be like, sweet. yeah, Call it a day. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not a marathon fisherman anymore. No. And I have a whole bunch of buddies who will invite me to go. And those are the guys that are going to fish from dawn till dark. And I know mm. I got to pack a lunch and it's just, I turn them down all the time. And I, I know they get bummed out that I don't go with them, but I don't want to fish from
1: no. dawn till dark. And I'm a window fisherman now. Like I know the hatch starts at 11 and by two it's over and from 10 o'clock to three o'clock the fishing's off the charts and before that and after that it slows down i'm not going to be out there before or after that no i'm going right when i know the hatch is on dry flies are going to be good i'm going to get my two three hours of glory there or a couple (laughs) hours and then that's it then i can go play golf in the afternoon for sure you know instead of uh, you know because when you do an all-day trip there it cannot be wham bam thank you ma'am fishing from start to finish all day no maybe the morning's good and then you got a lull in the middle of the day and all of a sudden it picks up towards the end of the day you get a few more or the morning's slow and then the afternoon was awesome or whatever but to get the whole day now as a guide we're out there every day and if you see a pattern in a couple weeks with a hatch you know, Oh, between 11 and 2 is the best fishing. That's when we're just hammering them. Well, if it's my day off, guess what? I'm going to go fish from 11 to 2 and then yeah. get out of there. And then do <laughs> and do other stuff. And then do other stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, it. But, but our clients, they've been working. They're in the business world. They're doing whatever they're doing. They've been working their butt off. For them, uh, this is their time to, you know, I like the customer who really doesn't even care if he's catching any fish he's just happy to be out there that's the and best. that and you have people say that that don't really mean it and then you have people that say it and mean it and the people who say it and mean it are my favorite customers yeah you know because they always understand that it's everything happening all at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yep. and there's other stuff out there there's my wife and i saw a bald eagle come down Take a fish and like four inches of water was up in there spawning the other day, and he just came down and snatched it up. My one buddy saw a great blue heron. A golden eagle come off of the cliff and whack a great blue heron last year. Wow. And kill a great blue heron right in front of him and start eating it. Like, literally, like, right in front of his boat. That is impressive. You know, now you don't see that kind of stuff if you're staring at your bobber either. No. you got to look around a little <laughs> bit, and you don't see that kind of stuff if you're in the house. And part of getting out and fishing is catching fish is great, but there's so many other aspects out there. You know, I had a father and son today was... I could tell that dad was so psyched, you know, that his kid caught some fish and his kid got his first taste of fly fishing, and he just built a fishing buddy for life. Yeah, and that's that's what,
0: what means everything to
1: that's me. That's the biggest part of our job: grandpas and grandkids, and you know, granddaughters, grandpa, a kid, and his dad, the mom and the kid, you know, all those kinds of stuff that we do, bringing families together. Is the most important part of our job. And what has kept me in it so long. Because there's times where I get tired and I think, man, look at all those people you get to bring memories to and are having a good time. And come back and fish with you every year. You know, they're like, this is what we do for our summer vacations. Come fish with you, Travis. Yeah. How's that feel? You're like, you take your summer vacation to come fish with me? I mean... Those things are priceless and we get to give people that is what we get to give back. So that's awesome. Yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love it. The people that regardless of whether it's a tiny fish or a giant fish and they're super excited, you can tell them the smile that they're just enjoying being out there. Yeah. And things that sometimes we take for granted and we're reminded on a constant basis from some of these clients how special some of these things are that we do. Yeah. It really is fun. Yep. So, you guys should all come out and hunt and fish with JJ. You will have a wonderful time.
1: Yeah, please do.
0: And I'll put a whole bunch of information, some links to his website in the show notes. So, jump over on the show notes. You can see that he guides primarily for trout on the North Platte River out of, well, the North... The North Platte flowing through the Alcova area of Wyoming, which is small. Yeah,
1: the Miracle Mile, Gray Reef, everything from the Miracle Mile downstream all the way through Casper.
0: And it's it's spectacular water. It's beautiful country. Big fish. Lots of antelope, lots of wildlife. You can see just a lot of fun things. You know, people call Wyoming a flyover state, which is outstanding. I say that all the time. I'm so glad that they put I-80 where they did. Because you can't see the mountains, really. If people really understood what was here, no one would call this place a flyover state. But for now, keep it a flyover state. You guys just fly
1: over. Yeah, we don't really want a lot of people coming to Wyoming. Except for a couple days to fish, and then you can go. Yeah. (laughs) 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 But we do want you to come and fish and see us and experience our beautiful state.
0: Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Get out there and live your stories.